0: Welcome to the Grace World Podcast, episode six. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm his wife, Becky. And Becky has something to say.
1: I do. <laughs> oh, I always have something to say, I guess. Let's see. I guess I'll tell you all about a great experience that I had this morning at church during worship. We were singing This Is How I Fight My Battles. It's such a great song. Um, it, it just talks about our weapon is uh, our weapon against the enemy, whether it's the lies or an actual attack is praise and worship. But um, the chorus, or maybe it's the bridge says, it's the bridge says uh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you and you have, yeah. And you, You have to know the context of that is, I can't even remember the the Old Testament story. It might have been Elijah and Elisha, but it was uh, a servant of God and his servant, and they were in some kind of valley, and it looked like they were coming up against an enemy. They were coming up against an enemy where they were greatly outnumbered. I'm sorry if I have all the details of the story wrong, but the point of it was the servant started to back away because he was afraid of the size of the enemy and the man of God said, look up and see that actually on the cliffs around the, the situation, whatever, wherever they were, they were surrounded by angels and that God was going to win that battle. So while I was singing that song, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you singing this to the Lord and just declaring that he is stronger than the enemy that looks like we are facing um, or that we are facing that looks like it's going to overwhelm us. Uh, I could just really experience the love of God surrounding our congregation in that moment while we were singing and being so engulfed and enveloped and surrounded by God and his amazing love. It was just very uh, impactful to me. I think, um, and we'll and kind of ties a little bit into what we're going to talk about today. So if you know that song, I encourage you to find it on YouTube and listen to it and just let God's love surround you while you're hearing it. If you don't know that song, still find it. It's called This Is How I Fight My Battles. And it's a great worship song.
0: OK, that does actually fit quite well with what we're going to yeah, cover. I didn't,
1: today. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> wow,
0: that's a great <laughs> job. Yeah, in fact, one of the things we're going to cover today is basically this episode will be, we want to go into more detail on, we've used the words walking in the spirit, walking according to the flesh, those kind of things. And so we want to start heading into more of a practical, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis? So what do you mean when you do that? What do those words and terms really mean? Uh, Just let's get real Let's with, get real, baby. Let's get real with what's really happening there. So the first yeah. thing we're going to do is let's talk terminologies. Because we always want to transition from terminology to truth. Ooh, there, there's Ooh my, good one. That's my alliterative word there, her term. T to T. Terminology to truth. So we got to start with sometimes terminology. But we need to, if we don't ultimately get anger, anchored, not angered. We shouldn't get angered with the truth. We want to be anchored in the truth, then we can actually get somewhere. And so that's good. Like she said, this is how I fight my battles. So that story I believe was boy, we came unprepared today. On that, was, <laughs> that was, one. It <laughs> was not Ezekiel. I that, thought was, it was oh, that was Elijah. No, it was Elijah. I think it was Elijah. Yeah. yeah. Or Elijah. And um. I think that underscores the fundamental thing we want to talk about today, which is how do you see? Do you see with your eyes or do you see according to what the Spirit says? And so that's, let's start there with our, our little definitions here or our contrast. So if we talk about walking according to the Spirit, what do you think that means? Or should?
1: Well, I think, of course, we're talking about walking according to the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So that means we are in tune to what he is saying to us, what he is being for us. We are listening. We are in relationship. We are communicating. We are loving each other. And if he is saying something to me or giving me maybe an instruction or direction, that I have the faith and the trust in him that I do it willingly.
0: Okay, great. In fact, I remember we had this discussion... We like to talk about these things all the time and um, we're
1: nerds that way <laughs> we,
0: we talked to one of my uh, my uh, mentors Bob bingham shout out to Bob um, he always talked about how God is the initiator and we are the responder
1: mm-hmm. so
0: walking in the spirit God's always initiating something in our lives we're now we're we're dwelling with him in fact let's even step back a hint further we talked I think last week. About John 15, 16, and 17, and how originally we have the Trinity is God, three persons in perfect unity, dwelling together in agreement, and God has called us into that fellowship, where now we get to be in fellowship with God himself, the Trinity, and we respond to what it is that God is doing. So now if I wanted to pull that into your definition, um, which you covered that, but I'll make it real short. To walk according to God or to walk according to spirit is to respond affirmatively to what the spirit is leading. Yes. That's kind of cover that.
1: Yes. and You know how I feel about Respond.
0: Respond.
1: I love it. I love the fact that God is the initiator and we are the responders.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, let's look at the opposite side. We have the term, and we there, and this is a word we want to spend a little time on because it's so, mishy Different theologies over the centuries even have been, a little weird with it. I think, and that's walking according to the flesh. What does that really mean? Um. If we look at some of the definitions of flesh, uh, there's actually two words to describe our body. Well, actually, let's go a little bit further. Some uh, translations of the Bible, the Greek word there is sarx. And in some translations of the Bible, when that word flesh is used, they translate it sinful nature. I think the NIV does it the most. Uh, King James, I think, is pretty good at uh, calling the sark's flesh, which is more of its literal definition. But there's also another word that's used in the New Testament for our body. This is where I want to differentiate a little bit, uh, which is somata. And that would be used for the word for body, pretty much how we use body. Whereas the flesh is probably a little bit of different emphasis, but we want to see this carefully. The flesh, when typically it's used, like you'll see it a lot in Romans 8, because he says, you know, for what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the flesh, God did sent by sending his own Son, the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering and condemn uh, sin in uh, the sinful man in order that the righteous requirements might be fully met in us who live according to the flesh, and so forth. So that word is used with a little bit different emphasis. So it isn't that flesh is per se evil, it's the emphasis there is that we are being led according to our senses or our flesh's behaviors. Okay, so let's so let's get a practical. Okay. Is it okay that you have eyesight and can walk around the house and see things? yes that's a good thing is it okay that you can hear things yes that's all good stuff but now let's suppose you see a thing that says I might not have enough money in my bank account to pay my bills but God has said I will take care of you where does your heart go or what do we do? What What's the difference between faith and not walking by faith?
1: That's the two choices that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So if we were to walk according to the faith, to faith, to the Spirit, I would say, all right, here's what God has said in this situation. Can I trust him that he's a provider and he'll show me what to do? Or do I solely look according to what my senses see? And that's where we can also use the word instead of flesh. I think there's some verses in the Bible that talk about according to the sensual, sensual. Mm-hmm. And that word is, doesn't mean like sexy, it means according to I my mean, senses. And so what I have to decide is if what I see and feel and hear is in conflict with what God has said, who do I listen to? Mm hmm. And that determines whether I'm walking according to the spirit or according to the flesh. Now, that may be a weird example. I mean, you know, money, because maybe it was because I was stupid and I went and gambled away or threw my money away. And I may have to suffer the consequences of that behavior. Um, but let's look at, I don't know. Something well, wait else. a minute.
1: I, I don't think that well, actually is a bad example in the sense that it is true that you may have to have some... You may have to suffer the consequences of Mm -hmm. whatever those decisions were, but the Lord is not going to leave you in those consequences. He is still the provider and he will continue to provide for you and he will help pull you out of that pit. And so walking by the spirit in that instance would be to stay in communication with him and follow him in the steps that he leads you to, to bring you back into a, pl- a healthy financial situation where you can pay your bills and have what you need to take care of yourself and your family and and beyond.
0: Okay, well, that's good because that brings up some good points. It, now, let's use the word sin instead of walking according to flesh. Now, sometimes uh, walking according to the flesh is just, I'm not really doing something by faith. Now, strictly speaking, it says whatever is not of faith is yeah. sin. But there are things listen, that we would...
1: Listen to that, though. That, that is, sounds so harsh, right? It It is. Whatever, whatever is not of faith is, is sin.
0: Sin. And in Ooh, fact,
1: that's hard.
0: I'm going to have to remind me to come back to that because I want to talk about, you know, they ask us, people will often ask, does sin separate us from God? Don't answer that yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that when we talk about the whole money thing. Okay. Consequences and sin... When we sin, does that mean, well, I should say it differently. Does grace, the grace of God that I am forgiven, mean that I'm free from consequences? No. <laughs> not God. usually.
1: No. Sometimes a miracle happens and you God you does. get away with it, but most of the time not.
0: Yeah. In fact, oh, where was we? Yesterday we were at a gas station. And this girl was wearing a t shirt that goes, (laughs) says, Well, well, well. Uh, That was to say, looks like, looks like I'm getting the consequences of my decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The consequences have caught up with me. Yeah. My consequences have caught up with me. Right. Well, well, well. It was, it was funny.
0: It was like I was going to write it down because so, I didn't want to <laughs> miss that exact wording and it was great. The and, point was. And I talked to the girl. I said, hey, that's a great T-shirt shirt you got on. And she says, well, I earned it. <laughs> and I said, well, I think we've all earned it. It's just not all of us are aware of it.
1: Are willing to speak it out. <laughs> are
0: willing to agree. Admit that, it. Mm-hmm. Admit that uh, some of our choices have done some damage in our yeah. lives. Yeah. You know, And sometimes we like to gloss over that. Um, so let's go back to what I said. Does sin separate us from God? No. No. Because God. Wow.
1: Now, wait a minute.
0: We got to. Does sin.
1: If you mean as a Christian. If 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 I'm a Christian and I
0: say, well, I'm going to go do a naughty thing. Okay. So let's just say I'm going to do a naughty thing. Okay. okay. Real sin. Not, not just something that's not of faith. Okay. Real sin. I'm going to do something bad. Okay. Okay am i now separated from god
1: not according to him
0: yeah okay did so he I'm, leave me he did not leave you okay okay however let's think about this from a faith perspective sometimes people say oh if you you have if you sin you will be separated from god and i would say in order to sin i have to step away out of faith away from god not that i've actually left or gone somewhere But I actually have to step out from faith in order to sin. Mm. So I already was gone. So it's not like God says, oh, you sinned, okay, you're separated. It's you chose to go walk down this path, Mm -hmm. and that path is apart from the path that I have for you. Mm -hmm. So now you're on your path, doing your thing in your way, getting your consequences for what you've chosen, okay? So now we, we've talked a little bit about then That's walking according to the flesh. So somehow what I saw, felt whatever enticed me. And, or scared me. Or scared you. We reacted in some way yeah. and chose a path that was not faith. Yeah. So... It seems like there's a lot of places, you know, and we can talk a lot about sin, you know, and most of it, again, I've done prison ministry, and so I got all these guys there that are on meth and heroin, but most of the people I know aren't out doing drugs and on heroin and stuff like that, but the sins or the lack of faith we have, what does it look like? What's in In an average person's life, what are the places we really struggle with faith That we're not walking by faith. What are the, I mean, you know, your average housewife isn't doing meth. Mm -hmm. But what's going on where she's not living that abundant life with Christ? What are we doing? What's, same for husbands, right? Doesn't have to be a housewife. You can be a working wife. You Mm -hmm. can be a. C-E-O.
1: Yeah, it looks like you have your life together. You have your life together. You have a good marriage. You're organized. You're taking care of things. Where are there still places where we're not walking by faith? Is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems to me... You start. Most people are not walking around, quote-unquote, sinning all day, doing the naughty stuff. I think more, I'll just say percentage-wise we're reacting improperly to the things people say, to what we feel about our position in life. So, for instance, if I'm in the office and somebody else gets a raise or somebody says something about some subject and I'm reactive to it and I allow those emotions to start to control me to where I head down a path where I start...
1: Being jealous, or being, being jealous, jealous bitter, being bitter, comparing.
0: comparing, yeah, all those kind of things of comparing or just I have a cruddy day at work and I'm not doing something really interesting mm. and I'm bored or I'm just ugh, slugging through stuff, it can become an oppressive thing. What does my mind will tend to go? I mean, it's the natural, see there, we'll use this word natural, right? There's another synonym we have by the flesh. We have, some people use the word the natural man and so Mm -hmm. forth, all these different things. By nature, that's our physical, we will tend to react physically or emotionally, these kind of ways. So I think that's probably one of the biggest areas is we allow the bumps, you know, the little bumps in life to keep bumping us. The little foxes? The little foxes spoil the spoil vines. Spoil the
1: vines? That's
0: in Proverbs something or another. It's in Sol- Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, is it? Yeah. You're right. Of course I'm Well, right. the same guy wrote them both, so <laughs> I get a half credit. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, what can we do about that? Because it seems like... <sighs> I mean, ultimately, where do we want to head? We want to head to an abundant life because Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly and have life abundantly. Right. God created us, it says, in his image. So we were called to be image bearers. Yet so often we live below that.
1: We live dull.
0: We live dull. Are We live we okay live in lives, but we're not living in... The glorious life of Christ in his fullness. Okay. Now, does that mean that we're we're all missionaries conquering another country and doing stuff? I mean, what if that's... I mean, not everybody has that calling or we're not all pastors, teachers or... Evangelists. Evangelists or... Preachers. Preachers. I think I said that one. Oh. But you could be it twice. (laughs) What does an ordinary let's call it a supernatural, ordinary life look like. Mm, I like that. A supernatural, ordinary life. What does a well-lived life in Christ look like?
1: I was talking with a friend today, and I won't mention her name because I don't have permission to, but she will know who she is. And she said that recently she was prayed over to have divine appointments. And she said... Since then, she has noticed people coming up to her or starting conversations in the grocery store line or just random conversations that she's been having where she feels like she is having an influence, even in just Mm -hmm. a, a short conversation, into people's lives and into her life. It's affecting her life. I would say that is fruit from a supernatural ordinary life. That is the fruit of that prayer. God give me divine in encounters with people where all of a sudden something has changed. And so grocery shopping now, instead of, okay, I have my list. I got to go in, get my list. I think grocery shopping right now is horrid because the <laughs> masks, for me, I can't see a thing. I can barely see in front of me with my mask on that tucks under my glasses so my glasses don't fog up and I can't see on my left side anyway it is very difficult for me to have an easy peaceful time when I'm in the grocery store
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I do not have the perspective who should I be Lord give me a divine encounter in here
0: Mm -hmm. I don't and maybe sometimes that's where we we can become task oriented Mm -hmm. Uh, all sorts of things like that like but I think if we go look at what does, again, asking what does abundant life look like, I can think of times where I've really been connected. And I don't want to say connected. We're always connected. But I'm conscious. And in fact, maybe I like the you're word. face
1: face-to-face. You feel face face-to-face to face with, with God. God.
0: You know, it's developing a lifestyle of Christ consciousness.
1: You were talking about this. Is this where you're headed when you're coding sometimes?
0: Yeah. And, you know, but it's. <laughs> I don't want to. I know that word "Christ consciousness" can be a weird, um, new age term referring to somebody who's an incarnation. Blah, blah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying I am conscious regularly of my of the presence of Jesus Christ in my life. Mm-hmm. And too often, I think, and maybe part of this is we try to make it happen, or we wait for that manifestation, you know, if I would just ever get that,
1: if I had the revelation, if I then had I the revelation,
0: if I got that, or if God blasted me, then I would get that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the reality is, it's practice. We, I'm realizing almost all the gifts are practice. They're mm-hmm. just practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't care what gift it is, practice, and you will see the gift even we call it a gift. I mean, Michael Jordan was a gifted basketball player, but he had to practice to be great.
1: Amen. Boy, now you're preaching to the choir.
0: Right. My wife is a pianist. She has talent, but she has to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. There's never been a gifted musician who did not practice. Mm-hmm. Never. Right. right. There's no such thing as somebody who was so gifted that they never had to practice. No, not in any field anywhere.
1: Right. So go back to what you were saying yesterday, because we were talking about being God minded and being aware. Can that happen? And I asked Dan when you're working, he's a computer programmer. So when you're working, Mm -hmm. can you be using your mind to solve problems and do whatever you're doing intellectually and also be aware of God? And what did you say to me? Do you remember?
0: I said I've had days and this is when we're again, practice. Right. Where it's like, man, I am coding with Jesus today. <laughs> and there is what a What does place, that mean? It's like, I am writing and I am in such a consciousness of I am delighting in the fact that God is with me. Yeah. And this is probably part of the key to getting there. Yeah. We're waiting for God to show up when in fact he's there.
1: In, so much there. Right? Nice.
0: So... We're waiting for this lightning bolt or the God. And it's like, part of this is, I'm sorry, but you just have to speak it, say it, think of it, dwell on it. There's Mm -hmm. things where to get the breakthrough, you have to push. Okay. So push
1: what, what does that mean? It
0: means push through the emotional things that are keeping you from there, from push through the fleshly things that say it isn't there doubt or lies all those doubts the lies all those things and we have to say no because here's the reality what's faith faith is trusting what god has said Mm -hmm. the flesh is trusting according to what i see guess what i'm sitting here and i don't see god present with me what does faith do i have to start saying God really is here with me. my God. You just start talking to Him, right? And there's a fact, and we can talk about that. The same with praising God. Like you get mm-hmm. to worship, and feels like, well, I don't feel like worshiping. It's like, well, do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? I don't care if you're grumping and going, Jesus, you're great. Jesus, I love you, and I'm, <laughs> yep, you're the best. You know, it's like, okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there is a point where I can finally the emotional, physical things, my senses senses will catch up with the reality. Mm. And so this is where I think maybe it's a tool of Satan or whatever, just nature or whatever is, we want to sit there and wait for the miracle to show up, Mm -hmm. for the manifestation to show up. Mm -hmm. And there's an aspect where it's like, I need to recognize by faith, God has said he is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He's given the gifts. He's empowered me with the Holy Spirit. And to start trusting in that, acting as though it is in fact true. Right in front of you, yeah. Right, it's there. I mean, I would even challenge you right now or you know, when we're done or whichever, is just to start sit there and thinking, God is actually here in the room with me Mm -hmm. right now. His presence is here. Mm -hmm. The entirety of the Godhead dwells in me. Wow. And there's a point where you might first go, "Eh," and there's a point where you're going to go, whoa. (laughs) Yes. And, And you will start to know the presence of God. Now, here's the thing. Is our goal to have snugglies with God?
1: Yes. Kind of. That's that
0: is a nice thing and that's great. That's my because goal. I think that is actually a goal that we want to have. And here's and I think here's what God does. He works on two things uh simultaneously or alternating or something. We want to know him, which knowing is an intimate actual gosh, I'm hard I have a hard time. It's an intimate intimacy. It's where we <laughs> spend the time with him and get to know him in reality beyond intellectual. Now, guess what? We have to sometimes spend time in the intellectual to try to come up with the truth, because we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. Mm-hmm. But we have to step into that truth, into the practice of the reality of the presence of God. Mm, yeah. And then as we walk in the presence of God, he is going to impact us so that we impact others? Yes. Okay. So sometimes we kind of get this and maybe it's not, I won't say backward, but we try to say, okay, uh, you need to go witness to this many people, or you need to go preach this much, or you have to go do this, or you have to do these kind of responses. And what I'm saying is, let's go talk to God and say, God, what do you want me to do right now?
1: Yeah.
0: And a person comes up to me, God, what do you want me to do to this person's life right now? He may say nothing. Mm -hmm. He may say Pray for them. Pray for them. He may just say be kind to them.
1: Smile at them.
0: He may say yeah. And it's learning to say practice. This is going back to practice. Practice listening to God and see what he says. He's not gonna be harsh with you when you get it wrong. I think I'll tell did I tell the story about the Costco healings yet? No. Or not healings. (laughs) So now you have to tell him. I have to tell. All right. So I like to occasionally we pray for people and uh, see people healed. And it, it kind of goes up and down depending on how frequently and how successful I am and so forth and what God's doing. And Well, he's always moving. But So one day I'm in Costco and I thought, oh, there's this a has, girl. This
1: is a story to, to
0: <laughs> demonstrate
1: <laughs> that practice is worthy regardless of
0: the outcome. Right. And God has a sense of humor too as okay, part of that the story. Too, yeah. okay. So I see this girl on crutches and I was like, oh, I'll go pray for her because she has something wrong with her leg. And in as Costco. I walked over, she's missing her leg. And I'm kind of like, kind of gulp for a minute. And I'm like, okay, am I ready to do that? And I was like, oh. And it's like God in his humor turns my head to look to the other side of the room. And... There's a girl in a wheelchair, and I was like, Oh, I could "What? Should I go pray for her?" <laughs> <laughs> pray for the girl in a wheelchair. Instead of pray that a girl. And then I was heels like, heels... and then I'm just starting to right look, there. and there's a girl in front of her that has crutches, and I'm just, I actually started laughing, and I just got to walk out, and it's like, crazy "Okay, man. God, what are you?" And it's like, could I have been something? Yes. Do you have the
1: faith for this? Okay. Do how, about have faith for faith this? how about the faith to this? How about the faith for this? And
0: I don't, and it's one of those where I'm just like, okay, God. That was kind of funny. I mean, I wish I had done something, but I think it's like, does God give grace in that? Like, is he mad at me that I didn't do that? No. Mm-hmm. Are those girls potentially missed out on something? Yeah, potentially they did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but practice, you know, the more we pray, and I've had this to where actually of all the people I've prayed for, not all of them have been healed but nobody has ever said, um, I don't, well, no, I've had one or two people say they don't want me to pray for me. And interestingly enough, they were in church. They were church, people in church that didn't want me to pray for them. I've never, Yikes. I've gone up to non-Christians and tattooed and not to say you're if you have a tattoo you're not a christian but i mean rough looking uh, people
1: people on the street absolutely
0: happy to have me pray for them and stuff yeah and seeing great things happen and even when i don't see something happen they're like thank you for praying thanks for doing that and that's just one example of what does God want you to do? He wants you to love people.
1: Right. Care for them. So See the goal isn't need. necessarily,
0: I have to go get notches on my belt because I healed so many people. It's, mm-hmm. God, how can I love this person? Oh, well, they have this need. Go pray for that. Do something. Right. And it's, so this works us back to the earlier statement of how do we live as a an abundant Christian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's two parts. We need to... Uh, step into God. What God, what are you really doing? Uh, have that intimacy with him. Yes. What do you want to accomplish? What are you doing? And then respond, because God is the initiator. Right. And we are the responder. And so to have a healthy relationship, if he's going to initiate, I need to respond. Yes. If I don't respond i'm not in a healthy relationship right basically what i'm saying is hey god i have a better idea here (laughs) (laughs) and god's going yeah okay let's hear your idea (laughs) so and usually mine's not a good idea so
1: sometimes he'll indulge it but just to give us a little taste of a <laughs> so, what we think. Sure, is good try it your way.
0: Let's see how that works. <laughs> right, right. And you can end up with a T-shirt too, with a witty saying on it about your experiences. <laughs> well,
1: well, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Looks like my consequences have caught up with my actions. <laughs> so, yep. So let's let's wrap this up a little bit here. Okay. So, have we covered? Kind of a little contrast, at least, between flesh and spirit. Because what we're not saying, so let's let's just kind of review. We're not saying your body is bad. But right. what we're saying is when we see verses like, don't walk according to the flesh or be led by the flesh, that is a contrast of saying, can I walk by faith or do I walk by sight, according to what the senses see, according mm-hmm. to what the flesh the natural. Perceives the natural. And all those things are synonymous the natural, the flesh, the senses, and so forth. None of those are bad. It's okay to have senses. Right. But it's not okay to allow them to drive.
1: Right. And certainly not my spiritual life.
0: Right. Because my relationship, if I'm going to have a relationship with God, which we do, then that relationship better be cooperative.
1: So let me give an example then of how, of how this could um, look. Uh, Of course you don't deny. So going back to the financial um, Mm -hmm. example, uh, if I look in my bank account and it is lower than what my needs are, we don't deny and say, Oh, well God's going to take care of this or it's really not a problem or whatever. It's not a hide your eyes, hide your head. Um, That's not what God's looking for. He, again, is so relational. He wants you to come to him and talk to him about that. And so walking by flesh often is, it just kind of exposes, honestly, what's really going on with you. Because if you're not walking, In the spirit, according to the spirit, there's something going on Mm -hmm. and he's the best person to expose whatever that is that's going on, that's keeping you, holding you back. Whether it's a lie that you were told or or heard um, earlier on in your life or something that you just got uh, confused with or an actual atrocity against you where there's trauma and serious damage. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that lie hidden until they are exposed. And, and the exposure isn't a sin to expose whatever it is that's going on in your mind and heart where you don't have faith is that's not a sin. That's the place where God comes in and says, okay, now you see what I see in what's blocking you. Let me fix it. Let me heal you. Let me come in with the truth. Let's in our relationship together. Let me take your hand and walk you out of this. Or sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he just picks me up and takes me out of it. Mm -hmm. I, there's nothing really I can do is, but agree. Yes, God, you are the answer to whatever this problem is. Mm -hmm. And so there's always hope.
0: Yeah, and that's good. I like, you know, in fact, I think one of the difficulties in our modern church is because we are, we get highly sin conscious in terms of making sure we have a good image. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have it together. When we go to church, we're, you know, we're fine. People ask, hey, oh, we're doing great and blah, blah, blah. Not that you need to dump all your problems to everybody. But I think we have a very difficult time being honest with the appropriate and this has to be appropriate group of people about what your struggles are or where you're having difficulty. You know, if you're having financial difficulty or if you're having difficulty struggling with certain mm-hmm. sins, you need to find some people you can trust to say, I might need some help with this or I might need some counsel. Now, obviously yeah. we need to go to God first, but I might need a little help along the way. I mean, the biggest help is God.
1: Well, God- you're not helping God by going to other people. He's using the body of Christ to or to give you counsel in that time. Right,
0: and that's probably more about wise counsel and stuff because I think sometimes we can also focus too much on, I just need to be in an accountability group and then I won't sin anymore. And it's like, mm. if we are not willing to be uh, loving, and this is the hard part, right? If I can't love you when you're messed up mm-hmm. and freely accept you for who you are in your jacked up, messed up state, then you will never let me see that you have issues that I could help you with or that there's something I can point you towards God with because yes. there's too much shame. And I think sometimes we need to break, and that's probably, we hadn't, we probably want to head down that right today. We can have too much shame and what God is saying is, You're a child. I want to bring you home, just like the prodigal son. What does God do with the prodigal son? He says, "I'm just waiting at the door for you to come back. Mm -hmm. Just come here."
1: He wasn't a child, honestly.
0: Right, he was an adult. Yeah,
1: he was inheritance age.
0: Right, and God. But you're saying as a as a son, you're saying as a son, what God is basically, and that that is gender non-specific for this purposes. Right. He's saying, I just want you here. I want you to return to me and come back into relationship. And sometimes we pile too much stuff on top of that of shame, guilt, condemnation, all these other things, judgments from each other and so on, to where we make it difficult to just say, God, I just want to walk back to you, Father. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately where we need to be. So no matter how far away you are, or feel like you are. Mm-hmm. God's just standing there at the gate saying.
1: With a robe and a ring. With a
0: robe and a ring. Saying come His on back. Arms open. Arms wide open and saying let's have a party. And that's the heart Let of God. Let me hug
1: you before we have a party. That's
0: true. We need a hug first. <laughs> we need a hug and a party. A hug, hug a and ring a, a robe and a party. <laughs> and that's what that's what God's heart is. And here's the thing. God wants to take that heart and put it in us. And when we live like him, connected to him, trusting in him in that secure relationship, then guess what? We get to treat other people that way. Yes. And we can start to love others so that instead of reacting to other people, we love other people. Because the reaction stuff, all the stuff about jealousy, condemnation, all those things, those come from a place where we are not feeling secure with God. Because we don't feel like God loves us or whatever. There's all sorts of lies that are in our mind. And we're not confident with who God says we are. So.
1: Yes, yes. So we pray that for you this week. That you will be drawn in to intimacy with the Lord in a new place in your life. And we pray that for ourselves too. Mm -hmm. Because we know that we need it. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you and that you would be drawn into a deeper place uh, with Him so that you can commune with Him and see the fruit of the Spirit and see the peace that comes from living life in relationship with God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming. We love having a conversation with you. So. Check, us, check back with us at uh, grace.world on the web. Email us at podcast at grace.world. You can message us or call at one grace And we'll see you next week.
1: Bye-bye. We love you.